Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. If you'll stand for the reading of God's Word, we're going to be looking at the book of Colossians this morning. Colossians chapter 4, beginning with verse 2. Colossians chapter 4, beginning with verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are on the outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You may be seated. This morning we're going to take a few minutes to go through uh, these verses, and I hope that God will challenge each one of us today to uh, do an introspection, to reflect on our, our walk with Him, reflect on our walk in our daily lives as we go throughout uh, our, our daily lives, that you would be challenged and that I would be challenged by his word today. So in the book of Colossians chapter 4, Paul first says in verse 2 as he's talking to this church, he tells them to continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. To continue earnestly, I mean, I think that if you were to ask anyone in this place this morning about prayer, they would say that it was important. We would each tell you, yes, prayer is important. We'd each tell you uh, to, to talk about how we should pray. And we talked about, you know, uh, how important prayer is. And we like to talk about prayer requests. And we, you know, all kinds of conversation about prayer. But when it comes to praying, that is something that we lack in. I am guilty as much as others uh, of going through phases where I do not pray like I should, that I'm not praying as often, as frequently, as much as I should. I'm spending more time studying and reading and doing devotions. I'm spending more time at work. I'm spending more time, uh, you know, and doing other activities rather than focusing on prayer. I'm guilty too of not praying all the time like I should. And I'm sure if each of us honestly look, we have periods in our lives, those times when we're down and out or those times that we are overwhelmed and focused on other things where we neglect our prayer life. And Paul is telling the Colossians here, which is something that you and I should take heart in uh, and take uh, note of, is he tells them that they need to be Continue earnestly in prayer. That word earnestly there, it means to be persistent, to keep going forward, to keep doing, to not stop. I think one of the key things any Christian who's going through a battle, uh, any Christian that's going, is being uh, 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 distracted by circumstances in their lives, 
You know, the first thing the devil wants us to do is to stop praying. Right. right? The first thing that the enemy wants you and I to do so that he can uh, destroy us and so slowly uh, overwhelm us and flood us is he wants us to stop praying. And if he can do that by distracting us on our jobs or distracting us with our family, if he could do that without even bringing trouble into our life, but just allow us to be distracted by life in general, right? The general busyness of life, that he's up for that, right? That makes things easy on him, the key to keep us from praying. Amen. And then if that doesn't work, he'll bring in things that uh, into our lives that will distract us, relationships unhealthy relationships, right? He'll bring things into our lives, uh, you know, expose us to stuff that, that, that are negative things that'll cause us to, uh, you know, question God's goodness, to cause us to wonder if God really loves us. Does God really hear us? You ever ask yourself that question? God, do you really hear me when I pray? Right, I think probably one of the number one reasons people neglect prayer as they wonder if God actually hears them. Does God hear the words that we say? The Apostle Paul is telling the Colossians here that no matter what you see with your eyes, no matter how you feel, good, bad, and different, you must always earnestly pray. Now for me, the key to earnest prayer is the next part of this sentence where he says being vigilant in it. Vigilant in it. I know for me personally that one of the things that distracts my prayer life is I get tired of praying the same things over and over again. Right? Uh, I, I feel guilty that every time I get down to pray, I've got the same list, right? Or, or the same prayer that I pray, uh, you know, however many times a day or whatever the case may be, a week, you know, you, 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 you keep praying the same old things. And there's, you know, for me, I feel guilty about that, right? One of the things that keeps prayer fresh, and this is something that hit me this week, uh, is being vigilant. What that means is keep watch for, keep an eye for, be on the lookout for, and then the way Paul is using it here, is looking for the things that we should be praying for. Being vigilant, praying the heart of God, yes. praying what God wants. Yes. Being vigilant, opening our eyes in the spirit and seeing how God wants us to pray. That's what Paul is talking about. So in order for you and I to remain earnest in our prayers, persistent, not giving up, right, being steadfast in our praying, we must be vigilant in that we must be constantly our, with our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears being vigilant so that we know what God would have us pray for. Not frivolous things, yes. but things that God would have us pray for. Amen. Now, what you consider frivolous and what I consider frivolous are between me and God and you and God, right? What's frivolous to me may not be frivolous to you. And back, you're right, what's frivolous to you may not be frivolous to me because we all are in different stages of our walk. 
We're all on different levels of maturity. We're all, you know, walking with God in our own relationship. So I don't want you to think that I'm, 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 I'm you know, trying to be accusatory here. I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is we've got to be vigilant in how the Holy Spirit guides us in our prayers. If we are being vigilant, we will not become bored. Right? Um, I, uh, I don't know how... Um, People keep watch, like guards at night, security guards, or, uh, you know, on a military base, or, you know, the, the, that are guarding buildings or police that have to stay up all night long. I don't know how they do it, right? I don't know how they stay awake, stay focused. You know, I know for me, a few minutes standing still, and I'm looking everywhere. I'm looking at this tree and this dog and this bird, and I'm listening to that sound. What was that? What was that, right? I'm, like, totally distracted by everything. But I can imagine the way that you stay focused on that job is being vigilant, right? Not allowing yourself to fall into a mundane routine, you know, getting used to this, but that you would every day approach the job with a new focus, being vigilant, making sure that you don't miss anything. If you and I are making sure in our prayer lives that we are praying the heart of God and not missing anything and constantly reading our word and looking at our world and looking at the environment, we'll never run out of things to pray that are on the heart of God. Amen. Amen. Being vigilant in our prayers, being watchful, being mindful, keeping our eyes open so that we can see uh, and hear how God wants us to pray and what God wants us to pray for. That's the key. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. When you and I pray, we must do so from a heart of thanksgiving. We must do so from a heart that's grateful to God. A posture that is grateful to the Lord. We must do so from a heart of humility. Right? We must do so humbly and with a heart that's grateful for what God has already done for us, with thanksgiving that God, what God, the prayer that he's already answered, the things that he's already done, right? We need to be mindful of those things so that when we approach God, we already have a heart full of gratefulness, thankfulness, where that allows us to approach God in the right attitude, right? How many of you ever approach God with a bad attitude? I'm sure I'm probably the only one that's ever approached God in a bad attitude, right? Uh, where I approach God, not with a heart of thanksgiving, but I approach God begrudgingly and with a bad attitude. I approach God angry and bitter and frustrated, not with a heart of thanksgiving, right? Here's the thing. You could be in the midst of bad circumstances, and you could be afraid, and you could have doubts, and you could be discouraged, and you could be in pain, and still have a heart of thanksgiving. That's what makes Christians special. We're not like the world, right? We can be in the midst of all of that suffering and still have joy unspeakable. Yes. We can be in the midst of all of that pain and still love God and still trust God, not on our own strength, but through the strength of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, right? I saw something Tim Tebow posted the other day. The way that you get stronger is that you live above your feelings. Mm -hmm. The more you live above your feelings, 
the stronger you will get. And that really hit me because I got to tell you, I live down in the dirty red district of my feelings. <laughs> With the smut and the scum and the dirt and the sand, right? I live all the way down in the midst of all of that nonsense. And my feelings, I allow my feelings to overwhelm reality. Right? And when we allow our feelings to overwhelm reality and the reality of who God is, yeah. when we do approach him, we will not approach him with a heart of thanksgiving. Yeah. Because what I see in this world and the physical is not always what is going on in the spiritual. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Right? And so you and I must have a heart of thanksgiving when we approach the Father. We need to pray with persistence. We need to be vigilant when we pray, keeping an eye out and listening for how God wants us to pray. And we must do so in the right posture with us a heart of gratefulness to God and thankfulness to the Father that if he doesn't answer a single request that I pray that day, he's still good. Amen. Amen. Right? We are not in a position... To go before God without a heart of thankfulness and demand things from him. Amen. Right? But we're all guilty of every once in a while getting down in the dumps and being in a tough situation where we put demands on God. Yeah. Right? But we cannot put demands on God because everything God gives us is from his grace, not because we deserve it. Amen. I can put demands on people who owe me something. My mortgage company demands I pay my mortgage. I better pay it on time. If I miss too many times, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to get foreclosed upon and kicked out of my house. Why? They have a right to put that demand on me because I made an agreement. I owe them something. God owes us nothing. So we're not in a position to demand anything from him. Now let's continue in verse 3. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the world to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Now, this is very interesting. The Apostle Paul was in prison while he was writing this. He's captive. He's in chains. One of the many times that he found himself, you know, locked up when he's writing this. And even in the midst of being in chains, he is saying, pray for me and my team here that we can still minister the gospel. How many times do you and I actually pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering for missionaries who are in mission fields that are not easy to till, that are not easy to work, they are many times bound politically or bound because of the law, yet they're still striving to share the gospel of Christ despite being, facing persecution, facing, you know, uh, discrimination, facing these things. How often do we pray for them? Paul was saying, look, I'm in prison and I still want to share the gospel. Why? Because it burned within him. Right? You and I should be challenged by that because the truth is, is that we get upset and frustrated in our daily lives and forget and don't share the gospel of Christ. And we don't, we're not even in chains. 
right? We're not even bound. But the fire was so great in the Apostle Paul that even when he was in chains, he was witnessing to everybody around him. And if, if he felt like he wasn't getting enough opportunities, he was praying, God, give me opportunities. Right? You and I need to be praying for others to have opportunities to share the gospel and the truth. But we also must be praying for ourselves to have opportunities. We should be challenged by this to say, God, help me be like the Apostle Paul, that I would ask for opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody today, with somebody this week, with somebody this month, with somebody this year. Do you hear what I'm saying today? We need to be asking God for those opportunities. How many people, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but honestly, how many people here today have led someone to Christ even in the last five years? Right? It should be convicting to us that we're not asking God for opportunities to share his love and his grace and his mercy. Paul was bound in prison and still writing letters and still ministering and still reaching out to people. Still sharing the love of Christ. Amen. Yet we don't ask for those opportunities. We're on our jobs, in our families, in our communities. We don't ask God for the opportunities to share his truth and to lead someone to Christ. We're very inward focused and very selfish. I'm very inward focused and I'm selfish. I can admit that. Right? And when you are inward focused and you're selfish and you're only worried about what affects you, you don't tend to share the good news of Christ. Right? We don't share. And we need to God to open our eyes and challenge us that we would ask him and feel conviction about not sharing the love of Christ and the mercy of Christ and the grace of Christ. Salvation, the gospel, the good news of Jesus with people. I pray that God would challenge me and that God would challenge you to ask him for opportunities. If you ask God for opportunities, I believe he will give you and I opportunities to minister to somebody. Right? He'll give us those opportunities if we'll ask him for those opportunities. But if you and I are going through our lives with our heads down, looking at only what affects us, our next step, not looking at interaction with anybody else, not looking about relationships with anybody else, but only worried about what affects us, we will miss opportunities to share God's good news. Amen. Right? And we need to uh, be asking and seeking God uh, you know, daily for those opportunities. It should convict us, this passage, that Paul says, even in prison, Pray that I'll have opportunities to share the grace, the gospel that's put me in these chains. That's amazing in and of itself that he still, even though he had been in prison and he had been beaten and he had suffered greatly, right? I mean, he was beaten and persecuted. I mean, Paul was stoned twice and didn't die, right? Paul was... Uh, multiple plots on his life, multiple times being flogged and beaten. Like, dude really went through some stuff for the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Yet he always wanted to share. He always wanted to keep telling somebody. Verse 5. Walk and wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time. Meaning those who are on the outside, meaning those who do not know Christ as Lord and Savior. And Paul says, walk in wisdom. Listen, we have way too many social media evangelists. Right? Way too many people who throw out their evangelistic content on Facebook. Right? And that's it. You do not win souls by posting on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok, typically. Those could be avenues, right? But the problem is, is we like to hide behind the keyboard and just every once in a while throw out a scripture and a picture. But in our daily lives, we're not actually ministering to others, right? Well, God, I alleviate my guilt because I threw out there, you know, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd today. I shared the gospel with somebody. Meanwhile, people are just scrolling through it. Right? We are need to act in wisdom toward those who are on the outside. Approaching them directly. Showing them love and grace and mercy. Not getting involved in the arguments and the fights. Yeah. Not involving ourselves in the ridiculousness of fighting about uh, uh, politics and stuff, right? If you're a Christian, you have your opinion on those things, you can share your opinion on those things. But we're not to fight about those things. People are watching. We must use wisdom when we're on social media, when we're talking. You know, I say social media because all of us are braver behind a keyboard. Amen. We're all braver behind a keyboard where we don't have to look someone in the face, right? And we throw out our passive-aggressive Facebook post, you know, and all of these things, hoping the right person will read it and know that we're mad at them or they hurt our feelings. <laughs> so, like, you know, you throw these things out there and it reflects poorly on us Amen. as Christians mm -hmm. when we talk bad about people, right? When we post things that are do not honor God, Right? When we get involved in public discourse in front of this wide audience of people watching and we're arguing, that's not witnessing to those who are on the outside with wisdom. Right? That's being selfish and self-centered and desiring to be right above sharing the gospel of Christ. So we need to not get pulled in to those fights and those arguments. Right? Let your speech always be with grace. Mm -hmm. When you're talking, when you and I are communicating with other folks, people who disagree with us, let us be the ones who take the high road, who speak with grace, that we don't raise our voice, that we don't get angry. Billy and I were having a conversation the other day, and he was taking a, let's just say, a stance that Dad did not agree with in the conversation. And as we were talking, him and I are very similar in personality. Billy's a big dude, and when Billy doesn't like what someone says, specifically his father, he doesn't really do this as much to his mother, as he suddenly gets puffed up. <laughs> and his shoulders raise. And he gets this look on his face, this challenging look on his face. 
even though dad is 44, dad then responds with, really? <laughs> right? You're going to do that to me? Really? And so he gets angry and raises his voice. I respond in kind because I'm not intimidated by him. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like he, he puffs up and he's going to challenge me and I respond in kind. You don't intimidate me and I give it right back to him. Right? And we were talking through this that night and I said, Bill, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can't become like that because when you do that, instinctively, I do that. And then we never accomplish anything. We just end up being angry at each other and nothing gets accomplished, right? We don't hear each other speak, right? So same thing happens when you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone. If we're doing so with grace and mercy and love, they're going to hear you and typically be disarmed, especially in society today, where it's, the line's on the sand. If you're on this side of the aisle, you're evil. If you're on this side of the aisle, you're evil, right? And so we've got to minister with grace and love, talk with and speak and share with grace and love so that we disarm them with grace and love. When the solicitor comes to your door and knocks on the door, how many of you are just angry that they're there? I, right? Why are you bothering me? Don't you see the sign that says, don't knock on my door, no soliciting? Right? Leave me alone. I'm definitely guilty of that, right? But I can tell you there's been an occasion or two where I've opened the door and the person on the other side disarmed me with their kindness to where I actually listened to what they had to say. They weren't robotic. They weren't hating their job. They weren't just knocking on doors. Am I making sense here? I don't know if I'm making sense here. But when I opened the door, they disarmed me with their attitude. They disarmed me with their presence that they were showing. And all of a sudden now, I'm looking at magazines that I didn't want to purchase. Right? Because they disarmed me. And I did not want to slam the door in their face. Because, hey, that's a genuinely good person who's just trying to make a dollar. Right? Now, if they come on your door, which we have had happen, and they knock on your door, and then they have an attitude, and they're abrupt, you're like having no problem. Get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah. Slam the door in their face, right? If we want to reach people, we got to speak with grace. we got to treat them with grace and love and respect, and we will disarm them. Even if they didn't want to buy what you're selling, you can disarm them so they'll listen, and you can plant the seed. Right? So speak with grace. Seasoned with salt. Now salt does two things. Salt flavors and salt purifies. Right? So when we speak, we're to speak so, so that it is acceptable and received its tasty. Our words should be flavored with love and grace and mercy we should not come across as arrogant or angry or deceiving or deceitful, right? Our words should have a, a, a be uh, digestible, palatable. People want to hear and hear more and hear more. You ever, I went to the other day, we went to a place and I got a steak. And they didn't even put salt on that steak, nothing. 
It was perfectly cooked. The inside was a perfect medium, nice and pink. Beautiful sear on the outside. They put no salt on it, nothing. Guess what? I was like, this thing is awful. Good cut of meat, really beautiful steak, but they didn't season it. I didn't want to eat it. And you can tell, but there isn't food that I don't find that I typically don't want to eat. You can look at me. But it was gross. So even though I had this beautiful thing in front of me, it didn't taste right. The gospel is a beautiful message. Amen. But when we present it, it must be seasoned with love yes. and mercy and grace. Amen. So that it'll be palatable. Now listen. People are going to reject it. People are going to be angry. And it's not always going to go perfect in the plan. In fact, most times it won't. But if you and I will strive to season our words with salt, it'll make a difference. Salt also purifies. Mm -hmm. So that the gospel that we share would preserve and purify the person who's hearing it. Let our words be that gospel and only the gospel message. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's share the truth of who Christ is, the truth of who God is, the truth of our situation and why we need him, right? Let's share that so that they're purified and they're preserved. That's the key. That you may know how you ought to answer each other. Ministering, dealing with, communicating with others around us who don't believe the way that we do. Yet being able to have a professional, positive discourse with them. Right? Amen. Being able to approach them. We have to make a conscious effort and decision. To do those things. Amen. Pray for those opportunities. Take those opportunities to share the love of Christ with others. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 224. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.